0: well we are in a series called what atmosphere atmosphere Atmosphere. and today we are going to attempt to bring this series to a close so we can move on if the Holy Spirit will allow uh, whatever God would have us to do but this series has been a blessing to me I mean atmosphere is so important atmosphere not only affects you but how many know that you affect the atmosphere atmosphere Right? You ever been invited over somebody's house, maybe a couple, and, you know, they invite you over and you go over their house, and as soon as you walk in, you kind of notice something something ain't right. Like maybe they've been fussing a little bit or, you know, something like that, and you say, hmm, something... Something's not right. Was that that's just me, or have you guys ever experienced that? Or you walked into a room and you just kind of felt like, hmm, something something ain't right. The atmosphere—you can feel the atmosphere, and the reason is because people affect the atmosphere around them. We affect the atmosphere with our attitude. We affect the atmosphere with our conversation. We affect the atmosphere with just the way that we act. And so the atmosphere is important. And not only that, but when someone negatively affects the atmosphere, that atmosphere affects you. You could have been having a good day. Everything was going right. You got a check in the mail. You were doing good. Sister got healed. Everything, your boss was talking nice to you. And then you come home, kids arguing. Wife had a bad day. Husband had a bad day. Somebody called on the bill collector, called on the phone. You didn't know you had to pay that bill. Come on. And then the atmosphere just changes you. You was feeling good. Now, all of a sudden, you're feeling down. You got to go eat some ice cream, something. Make you feel better. atmosphere, the atmosphere will affect you. So instead of allowing it to affect you, we need to affect the atmosphere. Come on, somebody. We need to change the atmosphere all around us. What is atmosphere? What are we talking about when we talk about atmosphere? Here's my definition of atmosphere. Here it is. Look at this. Put that up there, Nia. When we talk about atmosphere, we're talking about that thing that is all... We're not talking about the atmosphere that you see up there. That's in the outer space we're talking about the atmosphere that's all around you. We're talking about things that affect you, how you feel. We're talking about your attitude. We're talking about that thing that, that that affects you when we talk about atmosphere. We're talking about the air that you breathe all around you when we talk about atmosphere. This is what we've been dealing with. We talked about the atmosphere of prayer, how, you, how that affects everything that's around you. We talked about something very important. We talked about the atmosphere of unity some of us don't realize how important the atmosphere of unity really is we talked about the atmosphere of dissension the opposite of unity how that can affect everything you can say what well, a train left the station and we're going this way but i tell you what as soon as some dissension comes in that thing gets off the track train can't get to his destination if we have some disunity or some dissension can't have it Come on, and this morning we're going to talk about the atmosphere of the presence of the Lord. The atmosphere of the presence. And so if you have your Bible this morning, your device, or some kind of way to get to Scripture, turn to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. We're going to talk about Moses and what he understood about the atmosphere of the presence of God. Atmosphere of the presence of God. Exodus 33, starting at about verse, let's start at verse 12. Bible says, then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Verse 13, now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And then God said to him, verse 14, look at what the Lord said. After Moses asked all this, he said, listen, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. There is rest in the presence of the Lord. What is Moses' response to that? He, he said to him, now listen, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up from out of here. If your presence doesn't go with us, I don't want to go. I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's the promised land. I don't care if it's the bank that's got a million dollars in my account. Come on, somebody. I don't care where it is. If your presence doesn't go, don't take us there because we don't want to go. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight if your presence doesn't go with us, except you go? So we shall be separate Your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. One of the things that we need to understand about the presence of the Lord, we talk about the presence of the Lord. We want to be a presence-driven church, and we want the presence of the Lord here. We sing about the presence of the Lord, but I don't know sometimes if we really understand the impact of the presence of the Lord. You see, when the presence of the Lord is here, things change. You see, when Jesus walked in the house, things changed. You see, when a centurion came to him and said, my servant is sick, he understood something. I don't need you physically to be there. But if you would send your word, your presence would go and things would change. The presence of the Lord changes us. Another thing you have to understand about the presence of the Lord is it shows that God has favor on you and me. See, when God's presence is here, He separates you from everybody else. Do you know what favor really is? Favor is a root word for the word favorite. And so God says, yeah, I like those other people. They're, they're cool. They're all right, but you are my favorite. I love you best. Yeah, God says that. God plays favorites. You know, as parents, we say we don't want to play favorites. Well, God plays favorites. He loves you, and his presence is a way to show you that. You know, this word presence in the Hebrew is the word paniam, and it's, it, that word is translated 76 times in the Bible as presence. And what that word really means is, it means that God turns his face. It, it means someone that's turned their face towards you. Now, can you imagine the Lord in his rest? This is what I want to tell you. Imagine the Lord in his rest. He's he chilling. You know, he done created everything. He's laying back. Maybe he's watching the game or something. And he's he looking at the universe, seeing what's going on in the universe. I created all this. Lean back. Look up at the moon, Man, look at all this I did. I breathed. Stars came out. Asteroids going all around. Comets. I got galaxies and Milky Ways. All kind of stuff happening. Then all of a sudden, he hears something. He hears his people worshiping him. He hears some folk praising him. And then he turns his face towards you. To look and see what is going on. God looks at you. And you know what happens when someone turns their face towards you? You know, don't you hate it when you're trying to talk to somebody and they distract it? You know, you're trying to tell them the story. Well, you know, I, I got in the car and we went down to the thing and they looking over here and then looking back at you. Yeah, the car, okay. And, you know, they doing something else. And you just want to slap them and say, look, either talk to that person or listen to me right listen to me well if you're going to talk to him talk to him and I'll wait that's all right but don't be talking to me and talking to them what you need to understand is when God turns his face toward you you have his attention he's looking to see what you have to say and he's listening I'm not talking about the church as a whole has his attention but they do I'm talking about you have the attention of the Lord he's looking right at you personally And says, yes, what is it that you want to say? And he's listening to you. And so you might say, well, you know, uh, I was hurting a little bit in my hip. And he says, well, let me touch it. Okay, what else? What else you got? Well, you know, um, I lost my job and I'm behind on some bills. So he said, well, let me touch that. Okay, what else? You got my attention now. You got my attention. Let me know what's going on with you. But see, what we do is we feel like God's not talking specifically to me. He's talking to the church. So we all need to praise him together. Guess what? God is talking to you. He's looking at you, Michael, Larry, Joe, Susan. He's he's looking right at you. He heard you worshiping him. We talked about the atmosphere of worship, the atmosphere of praise. He heard it, and he turned his face towards you to see what it is you're talking about. And he gave you his full and complete undivided attention. And you want to know why he can do that? Because he already created everything he's going to create. He's done all his work in six days. He has nothing to distract him from you except for you. Come on. Ain't nothing going to distract God from you except you. You're the only person that can distract him. You have God's attention. I don't know what that means to you, but to me, now we're using the word awesome. People use that word, oh, that's awesome. This is awesome. I'm going to tell you what's awesome is when God turns his face towards you and you got his attention. That's awesome. And Moses understood this. This is why now you can see why Moses said, look, if you ain't going with us, I ain't going. We ain't going. I ain't going. Some of these other people might want to go, but I'm not going over there. I'm staying with you. Wherever your presence is, that's where I want to be. That's what Moses understood. We need to get that in our heads. Uh, We we can move on with service and do all our traditional stuff. But if the presence of the Lord is not in it, what are we doing it for? Why are we here? I can go to a concert and hear some music. I could turn on the TV, hear somebody talking. Come on. I can go in my closet and pray if I just want to do that. But the reason we're together is because the presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. Come on. His presence is in this place even today. The presence of God in Scripture has the idea of God's face being turned toward you. Now, there's three aspects of his presence that I want to break down to you today. That's not the only three points I have, but we're going to get through it. Don't worry. Don't worry. The first one, and you know it, is his omnipresence. See, God is everywhere all the time. I don't care where you go, he's there. You can go to church, his omnipresence is there. You can go home, his presence is there. Go to the market, guess what? He's there. Will you take a shower? I hate to tell you, but he's there. using the bathroom. You can go in your closet and hide. Guess what? His presence is there. I don't care where you go, his presence is there. He is present in the whole creation and the whole universe, everywhere, all the time omnipresent now if that's not awesome i don't know what's awesome i've said it before people say you know god is in the universe not the case the universe is in god that's how big he is i'm talking about the almighty god i know we sing that he's a friend but i'm talking about the almighty god this morning come on his omnipresence Psalm 139 says, such knowledge, David said, is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Wherever you are, come on, I want to be there. Jeremiah 23 says, can anyone hide himself in the secret places so I shall not see him? God has said, do I not feel the heaven and the earth all at the same time? God is everywhere. and We need to understand that there is no place that you can hide from God. He already knows when you go to tell him. That don't mean you don't need to. He wants to hear from you. Because he didn't turn his face and now he's listening. You know, it's a sad thing to go, hey, 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 get somebody's attention. Now they're looking at you and you don't have nothing to say. You ever done that? Forgot what you was going to say? You ever walked into a room and forgot why you was there? That don't happen until you get a little older, you know, sometimes, Brother Chris. But, you know, it's happened a couple times. What in the world? And guess what? You don't understand, you don't you don't understand why you was there till you go back somewhere and sit down. Then you go, Oh yeah. And it don't happen until you sit down because you're thinking then as soon as you sit down, oh yeah, that's right, you got to get up and go all the way back. I just hope you didn't go to the store and then go, went back home. But, <laughs> but God is there listening, waiting, everywhere. And if you begin to speak to him. The second thing happens, and he manifests himself. The manifest presence of the Lord then shows up. Now, the manifest presence of the Lord is a presence where you begin to see things happen. Come on, you begin to look around, and you see someone was in a wheelchair. All of a sudden, they are dancing. That's the manifest presence of the Lord. Manifest presence of the Lord is where you see somebody that went through some trouble. Maybe they done gone through a divorce or maybe they would lost their job. But now all of a sudden you see them, tears flowing out of their eyes and they're praising the Lord because He's healed their spirit. That's the manifest presence of the Lord. When you can see the cloud of the Lord so thick that we can't minister anymore. That's the man, when you look around and you see what God is doing. Maybe you even get touched a little bit. Say I was feeling bad, and God touched me, brought me up. He manifested himself to me. Moses said, I want to see your manifest sovereign presence. This is when God reveals himself to his people. When God said, let there be light. See, God was already there. He was, he's always been there. That'll blow your mind. But we. he's always been there. But then all of a sudden when he said, let there be light, he hadn't created the sun, hadn't created the moon, any stars. He just said, let there be light. He manifested himself to the universe. Now we can see God in the universe. Manifest presence of the Lord. It may seem a little strange, but God will manifest himself to us. Genesis 3.8, it says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Adam and Eve. Remember when they messed up? Some of y'all might not have read that. It's back in Genesis. Some of y'all might not have read it. I know y'all reading Matthew and Mark and, you know, 1122 and talk about, you know, if I speak it with my mouth and he'll manifest it to me. But there's another, there's some more scriptures in the Bible. Way back in the beginning, when Adam and Eve messed up, they had the presence of the Lord. He said, don't eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't worry about it because I'm going to tell you what's good and evil. All you got to do is follow what I say. You don't have to worry about what's good or what's bad. You have to make no decisions. I already know it. I've always been here. I created you. I know what's good and what's evil. But they didn't settle for that just like we don't. They said, I want to know so I can make my own decision. They didn't mess up. Now they're trying to hide. But here come God through the garden. Bible says they heard his footsteps walking through the garden. He manifest himself to them and he took care of the situation. Manifest presence of the Lord. Now you would think that's the presence we want. That's that's where we want to stop. Manifest presence of the Lord. I mean, what is greater than manifest presence of the Lord? Remember when Jacob was traveling through. And he got tired and he had to make his bed. He said the rocks were his pillow. And he began to dream and he saw angels on a ladder going up and down. Some of y'all remember that. Come on, I know Sister Sharon knows that. And then all of a sudden he woke up in the morning and he said, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. God had manifested himself to Jacob. And you would think there's nothing greater than a manifest presence of the Lord. But there's another presence, folks. There's another presence that we need to press into. And it's a presence I call the felt, realized, personal presence of the Lord. And you might say, what is that? Well, he healed me and all that, so that's... No, 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 no. That's the manifest presence of the Lord. This felt, realized presence of the Lord, this is a presence that goes beyond healing. It goes beyond provision. It's beyond all of those things that God has ever done for you or ever will do for you. It's beyond all of that. And now when you enter his presence, it's just because you love him. Now we can sing because of who you are. It's just you. You ever had somebody that it didn't matter what they could do for you. You just wanted to be around them. Ever had somebody like that? It don't have to be a husband or a wife. You could be your cousin, friend, somebody you just love to be around. When they come into the room, you just automatically break into a smile. They ain't said nothing yet, haven't done anything for you, but you just break into a smile. What about moms when you have a child, huh, and they bring the child in, child hollering, looking crazy, you know, but you just smile. You just smile because you love that person. See how much people love you? Come on. (laughs) That's right, it's shining. We're on number three, Lisa, if you got it. This is the vivid, personal presence of the Lord. Now, when omnipresence comes and you you realize that there is an omnipresence, the next step is he manifests himself. But beyond getting healed and beyond seeing miracles and beyond singing songs and speaking in tongues and jumping up and down, when you get through all of that necessary environment, now you're in an ethereal place. You're in a place where you just feel the Lord. You're just in his presence. You're just in his presence. And you can rest and you can bask. This is where, see, this is where Jesus said, my peace I give to you. He didn't say I'm leaving you at peace. Like you ain't going to have war. You know, you're just going to sit down. He said, my peace I give to you. His peace is more than the absence of conflict. His peace is an assurity. His peace is a confidence. Come on. His peace is relaxing and serene, ethereal. His peace is greater than anything that we could ever comprehend. I'm talking about the felt, realized presence of the Lord, where He hides us in His secret place. I'm talking about that Psalm 91 presence, where we press into it. And one of the things we got to understand is God desires to give you His presence. He's not trying to withhold it from you. We push his presence away. He he desires to give it. He desires to manifest himself to us. Why does he do that? Well, I'll tell you. Because he wants to commune with us, first of all. You know, God loves us. God talked to Abraham as a friend. Why do you think he did that? Because he's not just interested in being a tyrant not just interested in telling you what to do all the time. He would not have created us the way in his own image if he wanted to do that. He would have just created some puppets and a robot. Come on. But he created us to have relationship with him. He wants to commune with us. He wants to tell us some things, and he wants us to tell him some things. That's how you commune together. God wants to commune with His people. He longs and has a desire for relationship. Did you know that about God? That's why you have that same desire for a relationship, whether you know it or not. It's because that desire is in God, and we're created in His own image. And so now He gave that desire to you and to me to commune with us. Also, He wants to confirm His word with His people. You see, God, He's saying, "Look, I didn't say it." Now let me come show it. I don't just talk, God is saying. I'm not just a talker. You ever met some of them? Come on, don't call no names. But there's some people that just talk and nothing ever happens. I've been in that place. Just talk. Talk, talk, talk. Every time you talk to them, they talk about something else. And you want to say, you know, the last three things you was talking about never happened. Now you're talking about something else. How long are you going to talk? Why don't you do the first thing first? Stop talking. God said, I'm not just a talker. My word comes to pass. My word does not return to me void. My word will not fall to the ground without accomplishing what it was sent to do. And so God's presence comes on the scene to confirm his word that he already sent. That's what he wants to do for us. He's not forced to do it. No one told him to do it, but he wants to come and confirm his word with us. He wants to confirm it. God wants to come and inspire his people to do mighty things. You know, we we, we there praying, saying, you know, Lord, fill me with your spirit that I might overcome this thing. God, hear that too, He turns his face towards you. And you know what he says? You can do it. I've already given you my spirit. Everything you need is already in you. (laughs) That same spirit that brought Jesus up out of the grave is in you. That same resurrecting spirit is already in you. That same spirit that Jesus carried when he was on the earth, when he touched people, healed. Come on, touch the hem of his garment, healed. Send his word, healed. Same spirit is already in you. And so God comes and tells you, look, you can do it. You can do this thing. I just want to inspire you. I just, want to, I just want to root you on. Come on, I just want to cheer you on. It's like your mom and dad at the basketball game. You ever seen some moms at the basketball game? Come on, Unica. Come on, Dee Dee. You see some moms at the, especially moms now. I mean, dads are root their, their sons and daughters on, but moms. I mean, I, I was at a game one time. This mom was yelling so loud. At first, I felt sorry for her. Then I was going to tell her to shut up. Then I said, you know what? She rooting on her son. I'm going to leave her alone. I mean, she was, she was yelling at the referee, yelling at the other kids, yelling at other parents, telling her son how to dribble the ball. Brother Scott, you know, you got to cross She didn't even know what crossover meant. She just heard somebody say it. Said, you got to cross over. Go to the basket. This is what God does to us. He comes and says, you can do it. I've given you my spirit. It's already, you are anointed. And you know what? He does it in spite of what you did yesterday. Oh, now this is going to blow your mind now. Come on. In spite of how you messed up, in spite of those things you said, that habit you got, all those things, God still comes and asks you, you all right? Well, I did this thing, Lord. Well, are you sorry? Yeah. Do you repent? I repent, Lord. All right, you can do it. Let's get up and go. Come on, let's get over that. See your forgetfulness. You repented. Now, if you don't repent, he's going to get you to repent one way or the other. But once you do that, he is not mad at you. What is he? Madly in love with you. He is madly in love with you. And so he comes to encourage you. Not just to do some small things, but some mighty things. Come on. He comes to call his people to action. Cause we, come on, let's just, let's just admit it. We get a little lackadaisical sometimes. We get a little set in our ways. We get to a place where we just doing church, you know. I'm checking it off the list for this Sunday. And God, then one Sunday, God come in. You wasn't expecting it. You thought we was about to do offering. And God come in start moving. We start singing and worshiping. People start going crazy. Come on. Folks start getting healed. And you're like, when are we going to do offering? And God's like, don't worry about offering. I'm here right now to do this thing. He come to call us to action. I call it lighting a fire under you. God comes to light a fire under you and he'll do it. If you need it, he will do it. God also comes to comfort, heal, and restore his people. That's what he wants to do for you, to comfort you, heal, and restore. He wants to inspire courage, faith for a new vision for you. God is inspiring. Come on, he makes you feel like you can do it. You ever felt bad coming into a service? You know, and then after you done heard the word or after you done prayed or after you done, uh you know, praise the Lord and worship the Lord, you just get rejuvenated. It's not just an emotional response, folks. That's the Lord working on your spirit. That's him telling you, you can do this thing. I came to let you know you can do it. In case you didn't know, I've already get, I don't care that you're smaller than the other one. I don't care that you don't have as much education as this one. I don't care about those things. What I care about, are you obedient? Will you do what I tell you to do? Then you can do it. You can overcome it. You can overcome it. And we have some benefits of his manifest presence. See, what we can do now is we can talk directly to the Father. We don't have to talk to a priest. I ain't talking about your religion now because I know some folks still in that. But they got to go to the priest. But I'm just talking about what the Bible says. Said Jesus is our high priest ever making intercession for us so i I love the man priest but i ain't got to go to him to get my sins forgiven i don't have to pray no special prayer seven times to get my sins forgiven i can go right to him because the veil is broken come on somebody the presence of the lord is here i can feel it in the atmosphere and i can just go right in and tell him everything i need to tell him why because jesus on the tell him what you want. He's there ready to listen. Tell him what you want. He's listening to us. And listen, our thirsty hearts, we don't have to no longer search for God out in the universe. See, read the scripture. God doesn't say search for me. He says, search me, seek my face while I may be found. But he's not saying, look, throughout the universe. I know we sing those songs. I looked all over. Can't find nobody. But you know what? God is saying, yeah, you looked all over. Stop looking. I'm right here. You ain't got to look nowhere. In Chronicles, they say I searched I searched the whole world. God said, yeah, me too. I'm searching for you. I'm looking. Why are you looking for me? I'm looking for you. I searched the whole earth to find someone I could show myself mighty through. Is that you? Is that you? If you will allow me, I'll show myself mighty through you. Stop looking out there. Stop looking over there and come to me. This is what we got to understand. Our hope our healing, our breakthrough, our provision, our vision, everything we need is in the presence of the Lord. It's all in his presence. God is not some future goal or past memory, but he is a right now God. Now faith. He's a now faith God. Right here, right now. God is personal, real, and abiding. Simplicity and humility count the most with God. You know, there was two men that went to the altar. And uh, one was saying, you know, Lord, I'm so glad that you have made me a Pharisee. I see this guy over here looking crazy, probably smell a little bit, can't provide for his family, lost his job. Got rags on, sandals looking crazy. I'm so glad you didn't make me like him. I'm glad you made me who I am. I got a brown suit, yellow shirt, brown shoes. Come on, you done hooked me up. I'm so glad, Lord. Thank you. And then the other man was saying, Lord, I am but a worm in your sight. And he said, Lord, I believe. But help thou my unbelief where I don't believe. I just, I just want you. I just want your presence. I need some help, Lord. Jesus said the man that said that went away justified while the other man didn't. Simplicity and humility is what the Lord honors in us. Nothing can prevent our conversation with God. And listen, even if we quit. Now, this will blow your mind, too. It's a blow too two now. Right? I, don't want, I don't want to mess up your doctrine. We aren't going to argue about this. But even if you quit him, he never quits you. Even if you quit him, he never quits you. He's still there. It's not him that leaves us. It's us that leave him. And guess what? He's still there. And when you when you out there eating with the pigs, and you finally come to yourself, come back, He's standing at the road where well, I knew you were gonna be back. I knew you was gonna be back. Come on now, come on in. And you say, Lord, just let me be a servant. He said, you ain't no servant. You my son. Come on in. Here's the robe. Here's the ring. Come on in. He never quits us. And the only one we have to please is God. All of us out here trying to please the other person, trying to please our boss, trying to please our spouse trying to please those that follow you. And God saying, look, first of all, please me. And all that other stuff will fall in line. Seek me first while I may be found. And he owns everything. All we need to be is good stewards. Good stewards and we can partake of God's manifest presence. Now, here's some tough questions we need to ask ourselves. Let me end it with this. Here's some tough questions. We need to look in the mirror. And it starts with this one. Have I been born again by the Spirit of God? Have I really? Come on now. Am I just coming to church, listening to people, thinking I'm a nice person? I know we were out to dinner with someone one time, and, you know, of course, you know, of course, Dee, Dee she like Sister Mary. She then went right into it, you know, talking about the Lord, are you saved, and, you know, all those type of things. Right while we eating dinner, I was like, well, you know, I need to get through the rice first, but... uh it's all right. It's all right. You know, the Lord takes precedence. And this person said, well, you know, I, I'm a nice person and, you know, I try to do good things for people. And, of course, she said, well, you know, have you been saved? Have you, have you given the Lord your life? Have you confessed just, have you repented and asked Jesus in your life? And this person said, well, I never knew I needed to do that. Ain't that a shame? Oh come on, Saints! Now, if I wasn't if I wasn't if I not thinking right, I would almost think this is an indictment on us who are saved. Somebody out there that don't need that, that, that doesn't realize that they need Jesus. What's that say about us? God's omnipresence is everywhere. Come on now, and He does manifest Himself, but through us and through the church. Have I been born again? Have I confessed I am a sinner? Have I repent I'm talking, now look, I'm on Main Street right now. I'm looking around. I know most of y'all have, but we need to ask this question now so all of us can be on the same page. Have I repented? Have I asked for forgiveness of all sin? Have I accepted Christ's work on me and the work he did on the cross? Have I accepted his free gift of eternal life? Has it changed me? You see, God, sometimes, God God don't sugarcoat stuff sometimes. Sometimes God just hits you right between the eyes. And guess what? We need it. You know what I think? When I was growing up, we used to have what we call fire and brimstone messages. Today, we got a lot of nice messages. Come on, I, I preach a lot of nice messages, I think. But every once in a while, we need some fire and some brimstone. We need to understand that God ain't playing with this thing. Come on. He ain't playing with it. You see, because he's telling you, I done kept you. I done kept you when you didn't want to be kept. Come on. Somebody that's being kept, give him some praise. Come on now. Don't act like he ain't never kept you. Don't act like he ain't delivered you. Come on. He did it when you didn't even ask for it. When you didn't want it, he did it. He said, while you were yet in your sin, I died on the cross for the remission of those things. We need to ask some questions of ourselves. Has Christ taken up residence in my life with the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Now, this is beyond just the confession that Christ is Lord. This is beyond that first initial salvation step. Now we need to allow him to take residence in our life. Come on now. I'm looking in the mirror too. We need to allow him to own every part of us. Every part of us. Has he taken up residence? Is his power and his presence driving my life? Because I believe it was an apostle that said, in him I move, live, and have my being. In other words, who I am is all in him. He is my identity. He is everything to me. We don't want a dirty and disorderly house. But we want God to come in and sweep it and change it. This house is all yours, Lord. This house is yours. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, it is not mere words that nourish the soul. But it is God himself. And unless and until the hearers find God in a personal experience. Come on. They are not the better for having heard the truth. Uh, You see, you can hear the truth. But if you don't allow the truth to change you, you're no better for it. See, Paul said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word there is rhema. It don't mean just hearing somebody yell and scream. Come on. It ain't talking about just hearing somebody read out of the scripture. That's not the hearing of the word he's talking about. He's talking about when you hear the word and something comes alive to you. And that word gets down in your spirit and begins to change you. And it begins to move you to action. And it changes your heart. And now your attitude is a little different. Now your mind changes and you think a little different. Now all of a sudden your conversation becomes a little different when that thing begins to change you, the word of God, now it's a rhema to you. That's where your faith comes in. Not just by hearing somebody preach or hearing somebody talk about the word of God, but we need to let the word of God change us. We need to press into his presence, folks. We need to press in. I know we do in church and we got our programs and we got our children's church and our youth and we got our media and we got all the missions and all these things that we do. But I'm going to tell you something. We need to say like Moses said, if your presence don't go, all this stuff means nothing. And it could be helping people, too. I mean, you can have a pantry where you give out food. You can go down to the thing and, you know, give a concert. You can do all these things. You can pick people up. Bring them to church. You can do all these nights. Nice. Go to the grocery store for your grandmother. All this stuff helps people. But the hard thing is, now listen to me. If your presence is not there, then I don't want to go. Not even to do good things. Oh, I'm hitting something now. Not even to do things I think are good. Because you want to know what the greatest enemy of the best is? Is good. Is doing some good things. But God doesn't do good. He don't stop at good. He does the best. God is the best. He's the best at everything. Everything he touches changes. Every time he speaks a word, the thing changes. Every time Jesus came into the house, everything, the atmosphere changed, people got healed, people got raised from the dead. Come on. The thing changes when God comes on the scene. And so we need to realize that just because we're doing something good don't mean it's God. It could be our flesh. Do you know, and I learned this from Sister Jody. do you know that you could be selfless, you could be not selfish and yet still be self-centered? You understand that? Doing things for people, giving them money, giving them a ride, giving them a word, whatever it is. But guess what? That's also people can look at me and see how great I am and how much I love the Lord. That's what the Pharisees were. Pharisees weren't selfish, they were self centered. And we need to get all of that out of us. We need to let the Lord work all that out. Let Him work it out. Then that way we can press into His presence because in His presence is the fullness of of joy at his right hand there are pleasures evermore then why do we look so many other places for it why do we look so many other places when everything we need is right in his presence